Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us on this week's game day segment will be beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. We'll recap the Ohio State game on Saturday and talk about what's next for Michigan football. Before we get Aaron in here, a few news and notes to get us started. Now that the regular season is over, I'm back on our once-weekly show from now until May. We plan on bringing you a Michigan Man Extra each month, but that's not one of our regularly scheduled shows, so I'll give you a heads up each month before that show is ready to go. I will have two shows for you when we get ready for the bowl game, though. In the next couple of weeks, we will continue, as always, to talk football, but it's also time to start focusing on basketball, hockey, and the other sports going on this winter. We will also get back to our monthly recruiting updates, as that whole process will be picking up steam over the coming weeks and months, especially with the early December signing period. So, as I always tell you, we don't fold up shop after football season. There's always something on the Michigan athletic scene to talk about, and we will do our very level best each week to bring you a program we hope you're going to find interesting. But we all saw what happened on Saturday in the big house. Too many mistakes and missed opportunities led to a 31-20 loss to the Buckeyes. As Steve Kornacki of MGoBlue.com said, it was the game that got away. In so many ways, it was like our other four losses. We competed against the Spartans, Penn State, Wisconsin, and Ohio State, but could not overcome our mistakes or just make a play when we needed to. That has to change next year. So I'm willing to chalk a lot of what we saw this season up to youth injuries and the fact we had to use three quarterbacks. Now, I don't think those are excuses. They're just the facts. It's time to move forward now, though. We will be doing that without Wilton Spate, who announced on Sunday he would graduate in December and move on to another school for his fifth year. No hard feelings. He said it was just time to leave home, so to speak. So the best of luck to Wilton Spate. We'll talk about that and much more next on our game day segment with beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Back with us on our game day segment this week as we recap the game and talk about other uh, things going on in Michigan football, and there's plenty of news, is Michigan beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Great to have you back with us, Aaron. Good to be back, Mike. Thanks for having me. Well, as we said, there is a lot to talk about this morning, including the game on Saturday, but let's start first with news that broke on Sunday, Sunday evening. Wilton Spade announced he will not be back for his fifth year. Did that surprise you, Aaron? I'd say no. You know, Wilton Spade was in an interesting situation right now coming in, obviously, given the injury, he hasn't played in a while, um, but he, he he faced this reality at the beginning of the year. You know, had he, even if he had turned into an excellent year at Michigan, um, he, had, he had a couple of younger guys behind him in, in Brandon Peters and Dylan McCaffrey. And, and there's obviously, there's been talk for weeks now whether or not Wilton State would be back. So no, it didn't surprise me. Um, it's, quarterbacks are always 
in the situation where if they're you know unsure whether or not they're going to be the guy next year, if a coaching staff maybe is looking to move on and, and go with a younger hand, like I think Michigan looks to be with Brandon Peters, um, you know the older guys has to look elsewhere. You know we saw it with Shane Morris, we've seen it with other guys in the past where you know things you know they 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 want they they're, they're essentially their academic career in Michigan is over um and Wilton is due to graduate here at the end of December um you know he he's he's going to look elsewhere he's got one more more year of eligibility left um, he can essentially under the NCAA transfer guidelines of being a graduate student he'll be able to play wherever wherever you know he goes um so it's a win-win I think for both situations I think Michigan had um you know, they've got a log jam, obviously, at quarterback. They, they're, they're, there's been speculation here for the last few weeks. Up Hamilton was asked about it about a week ago, whether or not, you know, Brandon Peters would be the guy next season. Um, I think Michigan wants to go with – have one guy going into spring practice. Um, they want to have the guy going into uh, preseason camp next fall. Um, and I, I think right now they view that as Brandon. As Brandon. He's come in. He's played relatively well, mistake-free. Um, and and what I think sees the um, – you know, see the writing on the wall, so to speak. I think so. And, you know, I would think this is something that wasn't spur of the moment. It sounds like Wilton was probably thinking about this over the last few months. And Jim Harbaugh was, I'm sure, involved in those discussions with Wilton. Absolutely. And he's had some time to think about it. Since being on the side, you know, being on the sidelines for the last two months, hasn't played. Um, he's been trying to recuperate from the, you know, the, the fractured vertebrae he's, he, he, he suffered at Purdue. Um, so, you know, I'm sure it's been weighing on his mind for a while. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it came up, you know, last summer as well, if he's been thinking about it since then. Um, it's, a, it's a decision. It's a, it's a personal decision. You know, he, and he, he specifically mentioned that in his note yesterday um, that he had to make. I'm sure he brought in his parents. I'm sure he talked at length with Jim Harbaugh and, and the coaching staff about, you know, about their plans or their desires for next season. So all that weighs in. You know, it's not just a, um, you know, a, a program decision. It's not just a, a personal decision. Everything's weighed in. Um, and, and he, at the end of the day, he felt like it was it was the best situation for him. Well, back to Saturday's game then. Uh, everyone has pounded on poor John O'Corn, not just this past Saturday, but it's been going on for a few weeks now. It was really nasty up in uh, among the crowd on Saturday. He didn't need to be perfect on Saturday, but his play in large part was the difference, wasn't it, Aaron? It was. You know, he, he struggled there early on, um, overthrew some receivers there in the first the first quarter. I think I counted three overthrows in the first two drives. Um, where, you know, and obviously, um, the, especially the first drive, it, it derailed things. Um, and then, you know, I thought he sold in relatively well there in the, there in the second and second quarter. But then he, again, he had a couple of, of bobbled snaps, a fumble, um, and then he threw that interception there on the, the, uh, the, the, the second to last drive there in the fourth quarter with, you know, Michigan was only trailing by four. Um, they needed a, you know, lengthy drive. I think they're at the 25-yard line at that point. Um, so, I mean, but a score would have essentially won the game. Um, he just make, made a poor, poor read on the throw through it, you know, no, where there's no receivers in, in height in, in sight. Um, and it was, yeah, it was another, it was another game where John O'Corn, I think didn't play well. You know, I, I thought he had an opportunity to do that. He, he was the guy we, you know, he was asked after the game about the you know, starting situation. He said he was told Monday that he was going to be the starter. So he had all week to prepare. Um, and you could say he was coming in cold, but at the same token, you know, keep in mind he's, he's a guy who he's he had several starts this season. I mean, he was the guy for a little while there. I mean, he's a fifth-year senior, so he's been through these games before, so he knew what the the environment and, and the stakes were. Um, you know, I didn't think he played particularly hor- horribly, but I, he didn't like like you mentioned, he didn't play perfect. And I think for Michigan to win that game, and I said it coming in, they needed to make some plays on offense, um, and they just didn't make it up. 
much of the time, I think I tend to think there's still a gap in talent between Michigan and Ohio State. But I think if Saturday proved anything, Michigan has closed that gap from a talent perspective, haven't they? Yeah, you know, I was really impressed with the way that they came out in the first quarter. I mean, they, they kind of punched Ohio State in the mouth there early. You know, got got two scores up, um, and and looked and looked relatively good. I thought. I mean, besides some of the overthrows and and, and some of the mistakes, uh, they they played they played well. They showed that they could. They could hang with with a top ten team, and, and they've shown that you know all season long. I thought they played. You know, keep in mind they were up in Wisconsin through two and a half quarters. Um, you know, they they fell behind early at Penn State, but came back and was able to pull within one at halftime. Um, so, they, so they had they haven't beaten a team with a winning record all season long, and that's been something I've, I've trumped for a while now. But at the same token, they've there have been times in all three of those games where they they hung, they hung in there. You know, they looked good, um, and, and like you mentioned before, there just there just doesn't seem to be enough talent, enough playmakers on, the, on this offense to kind of push them through. Um, and, and I think they have some guys. They're young. They're inexperienced. You know, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones can be one of those guys moving forward. I, I, you know, I really really like Tariq Black before he got injured early in the year. I think he can be a difference maker. And I think it just takes more more time with Brandon Peters. You know, if he, if they had him on Saturday, um, I, I think they would have stood a, stood a better chance. I think they would have been in the game there near the end and had an opportunity to win. Uh, but they, like you mentioned, I think they're just – uh, too young, uh, too inexperienced, and I think time will co- the time will come for this group. I think they're they've got the ceiling is high. Um, it just and it, but it just wasn't wasn't on Saturday. Well, Jim and his staff have taken heat for some of the game planning and the play calls this year, especially through those first six games. I think you have to give him credit on Saturday. That was a nice offensive game plan, Aaron. They do. You know, I, I did my grades last night on live dot com, and I, I, I gave um, props to the coaching staff because I thought their game plan was about. Um, as as good as you could have planned it, you could have drew it up. You know they 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 got several receivers involved. They used the run game to an the extent. They 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 pull up pulled out some plays um, that we hadn't really seen all season long. They, I, I like that forty three yard pass, the screen pass to Kiko Crawford. I wish we would have seen that more earlier in the year. Um, so they they got more guys involved, and, and I think that's what um, helped the offense there early on and allowed them to, to kind of jump out to that big lead and and and, and do some things. Um, but yeah, they, they look good. I think they did as best as they could have with, with what they had. Um, but you know, like you, like you mentioned, and, and like I've said before, the talent level is just it, there's a difference there. You know, Ohio State was just a better team. They they kind of um, you know fired things up there in the second quarter and and never really gave, gave up after that. And um, you know, Michigan's I think a year or two away. I think next year will be you'll see you'll have, you'll have an opportunity for some of these guys to grow and mature. And 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 they have not not they have that year of experience under their belt. Um, I think that the the ceiling is is high for this team. Well, we know the offensive line was a work in progress this year. It gave up far too many tackles for loss. It allowed too much pressure on whoever was playing quarterback. But you know that said, especially on the right side, I thought there was noticeable improvement as the season went along. Aaron and they were really not that bad on Saturday. No, they weren't. Uh, I think five there were five sacks allowed. A couple of them, I think, were on John O'Corn because obviously he uh, fumbled a few of those those snaps. But I thought they played relatively well. You know, the, and this was something I, I brought up in yesterday in my, in my grades. But I'm, I'm I was curious as to why they didn't go more to the running game. You know, through um, both Chris Evans and and Cron Higdon both averaged growth of five yards a carry against Ohio State on Saturday. Um, and I think there's no better but reflection of that than the offensive line, the job that they did. And I thought they did a pretty good job blocking. Um, O'Corn had some time, even in some of those throws that he, that he either missed or that, that interception there in the fourth quarter, he had time to work. I mean, it wasn't like he was under pressure or under duress with a lot of those 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 throws. Um, so, 
you know, the offensive line held its own. I think it did as, it, about as well as you, you'd hoped um, it, uh, on Saturday. You know, they, they've been they've been benefiting from a six man front here here on occasion. The last few games, they've been throwing Steven Spells in there and, and some other guys to, um, I think, sure up some of the blocking. And it's done a good and they've done a good job of it. Um, so yeah, the offensive line has improved. I think they figured some things out on the right side. I think Caesar Ruiz is going to be a guy to watch even next year. I'm curious to see where he ends up. Obviously, he was recruited as a, as a center. Um, he ended up playing, you know, right right guard for for most of uh most most of his time here his freshman season. I'm curious to see where they they throw him next year. They keep him at right guard and move him back to center. But I think he's a guy that the offensive line will be able to um to to kind of lean on here in the next few years. Well, you know the uh, the storyline on Saturday of the game, Aaron, was kind of the season in a microcosm for Michigan. Too many mistakes not being able to seize on opportunities and make a play when you had to. And the one play that jumps out from Saturday was uh, Josh Metalis not getting that pick when Michigan was up 14 to nothing. That would have been a huge, well, we think it would have been a huge momentum change, but that is the kind of play you just have to make in big games, Aaron, and one that this team just couldn't make at all this year. Yeah, it was. And I remember thinking when it happened that maybe it would have been a difference maker. And I think it, it turned out to be, you know, Ohio State ended up scoring on that drive. Um, in, so in, a, in a way, it's a 14-point swing right there, um, and, and, and it gave them momentum. You know, they hadn't gotten on the board at that point. Um, Michigan had dominated that first quarter, and, uh, and it, it certainly could have, you know, it could have changed things. It, it would have been a difference maker. You know, the secondary has been so good all season long. I think it's been really underrated. I mean, obviously they benefited from the, the defensive line and, and the job that they've done so far. Um, but the, the, even if you look at some of the other plays where they. Um, you know, they defended well. Um, they held they held Ohio State to, to under 150 yards passing. Um, but yeah, those are the those are the plays I think you need to have. Um, you know, when you can't get things right offensively every time down the field, or you make mistakes offensively, you need to pick it up elsewhere. And I think that's where a you know a turnover from the defense or a big play in special teams um, benefits you most. Well, the defense was so good much of the game on Saturday, but on third downs in the second half, which were all obvious passing situations, Ohio State was running the first two plays of each of these series, it seems to me, and then getting in third and long third down situations. And the defense could not come up with the stop, and that was against uh, Haskins, the backup quarterback. And that was huge in that second half, too. Yeah, and I think you saw the defense at that point just get worn down, and I think that's been the case um, in some of these games. I think you saw against Wisconsin last week where um, you know the offense you know turns the ball over or has a quick three and out or has a short drive, and it brings the defense back on the field, um, and, and that's fine. This, this defense they can handle that, but you know if, if you allow long drive for long drive, and Ohio State had several of them there there in the game on Saturday, and you keep the defense on the field for so long, they're going to tire it out. They're going to tire it out. They're they're going to um, make mistakes. Uh, they're going to give up bigger plays, and I think that's that's what you saw. And you know, defense is it's been real, it's been relatively good all season long. It's been it's been really good in certain areas, but they've been prone to giving up, you know, bigger plays, big passing plays, um, and 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 that, that you saw it again on Saturday. And that's you know that was again one of the biggest dif- difference makers there in, during the second half. In the end, as we said earlier, Michigan just could not make a play uh, when they had to, and part of that has to be youth. But, you know, losing to Ohio State, you, you can just tell from listening to the fans uh, that you're around and the emails that I get, it is really starting to grate on the fan base, isn't it? It is. You know, I got some of those emails as well. Uh, we heard the we heard the fan base afterwards. And a lot of the players, too, you know, talking to them after the game. Well, none of them have beaten Ohio State. Uh, John O'Corn broke down crying in his post-game press conference. He felt like 
you know, he was responsible for the game and, and maybe you can make that argument. Um, but you know, this is a team game. Uh, they, you know, they haven't been able to beat Ohio state now in, in six straight. Um, it's, it's some, certainly something that's, that's worn on them. I, I know that they're aware of it. Obviously Jim Harbaugh's aware of it. And, uh, you know, they've had some close ones. It's not like they've gotten blown on every, every season, obviously, but this is a, you know, a game you've got to win. You've, you've got to, at some point, you've got to beat, beat your rival, no matter how good they are. Uh, and they've been good the last few years, obviously. But, you know, Michigan show from the get-go that they could play with this team. I mean, they've, um, they have some weapons on offense. Uh, the defense has obviously been exceptional. Uh, they just, just, you know, as, as the case has been the last few years, you know, they just haven't been good enough. They haven't been able to win that big game. Um, at, at some point, it's going to change. You know, it will. Obviously, it, it'll, it will happen. Um, it just, I think it's like you mentioned, the, the fan base, and understandably so, they're frustrated. Um, but understand this too, you know, the players and the coaches are, are as well. I mean, they're the ones on the field, obviously. You got to go out and play and coach and everything else. And I think they're just as frustrated, if not, if not more than, than the Michigan fan base. With us on the show this week, as we wrap up the Ohio State game and uh, look ahead a bit, is Michigan beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. You know, Aaron, one of the things that disappointed me on Saturday was uh, the number of Ohio State fans in the crowd, not only in their section but all over the stadium. And I thought to myself, it's the game. I, I know a lot of fans uh, probably cashed in uh, with their tickets, but a lot of Michigan season ticket holders sold to Buckeye fans. And I don't understand that, to tell you the truth, but I suppose it's a testament, again, to what we just talked about, the growing angst of the fan base. Yeah, it's, it's a symptom of, of the season and the struggles and the frustrations and, and everything else kind of wrapped into one. Um, I, I know a few fans as well that you know they season ticket holders who decide to you know like you mentioned cash in and and sell them off now i don't know if they knew who they were selling them to or or if they intently sold them to Ohio state fans but yeah i did notice quite a bit of red there in the stadium on saturday i noticed and i'm pointing out to several people um typically the visiting team has the um if you look at the south end zone the upper level upper i'd say upper maybe 10 10 most rows of the north no, no, uh, at the top of the stadium, they usually have the seats, um, those seats. Um, obviously, those are full and, and all red, but like you mentioned, the, there's a lot of red scattered about. I saw some red in the, the Michigan student section. Uh, I saw some red in the, 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 the this, obviously, the season on the sidelines near the 40 or 50 yard line. Spots that you wouldn't normally see some red, there, there was quite a bit of it. So, like, you, yeah, people sold them, obviously. Um, you know, I'm sure Ohio State fans got their, their hands on them other ways as well, you know, through Ticketmaster and stop and everything else. Um, but, yeah, there was quite a bit of red. And, you know, I, I don't blame Ohio State fans. Obviously, it's a big game. It's a rivalry game. It's probably something you want to go to. But they're they're on the verge of, you know, uh, a good, you know an excess, exceptional season. They're, they're in the Big Ten title game. They've got a shot at the college football playoff. Um, so, you know, they, they're excited too, and, and they want to see their, their team win. Well, one last question on the game, and we'll just leave that behind. But And this is one of these uh, hindsight questions, Aaron, and we'll never know. But you, you sort of touched on this earlier uh, in the interview. But if Brandon Peters would have been good to go, do you think Michigan wins that game Saturday? Knowing what we know now and how the game played out, you know, I, I think you would have had a shot. I think that they would have been in it maybe till the end, and maybe they had scored that, that game-winning touchdown on that drive where O'Corn throws an interception. Um, but the same token, too, I think maybe the game would have played out a little differently with, with Peters in there. You know, Ohio State would have had more tape 
you know, they take to work with. Um, Brandon Peters obviously is a little, little younger and, and hasn't really played on a, that, that huge big stage just yet. He had a, a little taste of it at Wisconsin, but I think Ohio State's just a different different bar. Um, but yeah, I think I, I would have certainly predicted the game to finish closer than it did. Um, I think their, their offense would have stood a better chance. Um, whether or not they would have won is, is you know, that's, I, I don't know. It's tough to tell. Um, I think they were, but I think they would, the offense would have, would have been better prepared. Absolutely. Well, next weekend, we're going to find out where Michigan will go bowling and wherever it is. We should have a healthy Brandon Peters by then from what we know. And it will uh, close the book on the season, of course, with a look at what the future could hold next season, Aaron. So it's big for this team, isn't it? It is. You know, I think they need this ninth win just for signification purposes. I, I think eight wins um, leaves a sour taste in, the, in your mouth. You know, coming into the season, this Michigan team was, you know, for the most part, projected to finish with nine or ten wins. Um, they, they fell, I think, a game short of that. Um, but, but a bowl win would, would help. It would certainly uh, leave the season with, Michigan fans, I guess, looking upwards with, with Peter's back. You know, should he come back and play, which we all expect him to, um, and play well, I think it would, it would, it would give give them a, a good, I guess, launching point for for next season. Uh, something you know, Michigan fans would look forward to. Um, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll find out next week. Uh, a couple of bowl sites are out there right now. I'm seeing a lot of the Holiday Bowl, um, the Outback Bowl. We've also seen some pinstripe in New York City and, and some of the Foster Farms Bowl out in San Francisco. So a lot of options out there at this point. I think it's going to depend more or less on how the, the Big Ten title game shakes out on Saturday. I think if as long as the Big Ten gets one, one team into the college football playoff, I think Michigan it will help Michigan's chances just in terms of a, you know, a better uh, warm weather site. If, if the Big Ten does not get a team in the college football playoff, um, that would probably hurt Michigan's uh, chances. It would probably knock them down into a pinstripe bowl or a Foster Farms bowl or one of those mid-level Big Ten affiliated bowls. Well, speaking of that Big Ten championship game on Saturday, you've seen both Wisconsin and Ohio State now. Who do you like in this game? Man, that's such a good question. You know, Wisconsin's uh, defense was impressive. I, I was impressed with them. I was impressed with Ohio State's offense. Um, they struggled there early on, but they were able to turn it on, you know, obviously they're in the second quarter. Um, I, I think West Ohio State's played a, a much tougher, more difficult schedule, and I think that bears out here on Saturday. Wisconsin just hasn't really played anybody. Um, that's all due respect to them. Obviously, you, you can't co- control your schedule every year. I mean, that, those things are set, you know, way in advance. And so, um, but I, I think Ohio State's a superior team here. I, I have been able to see both. I was more impressed, I think, coming away from the Ohio State game than I was um, Wisconsin. Um, I do think it'll be close, though. I think um, Wisconsin defense is no joke. I, I think they'll they'll be able to. Keep, and it, I guess this is all bearing on GT Barrett playing as well. I, I think Wisconsin defense will um, be able to bottle Barrett up a little bit, but Wisconsin, or Ohio State just has so many playmakers on offense. Um, they're going to make things difficult for the Badgers. Well, last question for you, Aaron. Um, if Wisconsin wins, of course, you would think they've got to be in. They'll be undefeated, Big mm-hmm. Ten champions. But if Ohio State wins, and I think it has to be impressively. It looks like the committee will have to choose between Alabama and Ohio State for a spot or that fourth spot in the playoffs. Is that a tough call, or does Bama get the nod for you every time? You know, that's a good question. I haven't seen Bama play a lot this year. Obviously, they have the resume. You know, they have the, the historical um, significance and everything else, and I think that plays to some degree. Um, but you got, you got to look at strength of schedule. I know Alabama hasn't had a great uh, – their strength of schedule isn't that high. Um and and they do obviously not, they now have a loss. I think that's going to play enough play into it. Um, I think if Ohio State beats Wisconsin and and wins heavily, 
Um, I, I think they got they've got to have a case. You know, they've had some impressive wins this year. They've looked good at times, really good at times. It is a tough decision, um, but if if Ohio State wins out, I, I think you definitely got got a way that, that to, to weigh them to put to put them in. Yeah, it's it's going to be a tough decision. Interesting week, championship weekend uh, in, in the major conferences. So we shall see. My guest today has been beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live, and we've enjoyed having you with us this season on your first year on the beat, Aaron and look forward to having you back soon. Thank you for your time. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. On Quick Hits today, we will all be watching the Big Ten Championship game on Saturday for a lot of reasons. Saturday's outcome will either send Wisconsin to the playoffs if they win, or give Ohio State an opportunity to be the first two-loss team in the playoffs if they win, and probably they have to win impressively. The outcome of that game will also clarify the bowl pictures for the Big Ten. As of right now, it looks like we will be heading to the Holiday Bowl in San Diego on December 28th, The two opponents mentioned are Stanford and Arizona, both of which would be interesting for obvious reasons. There are other bowl games in play, such as the Gator Bowl and Pinstripe, but we haven't played in the Holiday Bowl since 94, and they would love to have us out there with our large Michigan fan base. We'll know for sure by Sunday evening. As I mentioned at the top of the show, we have plenty of football to talk about this month, but it's also time to start paying attention to the busy winter scene with basketball, hockey, and the other winter sports. And I promise we will be doing that in the coming weeks. Coach John Beeline and the guys are off to a good six and one start. And on Wednesday, we'll get a very good early season test when they travel to Chapel Hill to take on the Tar Heels. Coach Barnes Arico and the ladies are four and one, ranked number 22 in the country this week. They too will get a big test this week when number two Notre Dame visits Chrysler Center. Hockey is off to a bumpy start going six, six and two to start the season. That's overall. They're 2-4-2 in the Big Ten. They were swept by Ohio State over the weekend and will return to action next week in a home-at-home series with the Spartans. It's going to be an interesting winter to follow Michigan sports, and I hope you'll join me each week. Don't worry, football will be a topic all winter, too. It never goes away. Something tells me as soon as the bowl game is over, most of you will start thinking about recruiting, spring practice, and yes, that opener Labor Day weekend in South Bend. First things first, though, let's slow it down and enjoy this busy time of the year and do so knowing we have a bright future with our young football team, and I really do believe that, and a lot of other great teams on the Michigan athletic scene that deserve our attention. Remember, our free show app is available from iTunes and the Google Play stores. You can also hear us weekly on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Wolverine Sports Radio. If you get the show from iTunes, take a minute to rate or comment on us. We do appreciate that. That will do it for another show. I think next week we'll round up one of our basketball beat writers and see what's happening with John Beeline and his guys. Of course, we will discuss our bowl destination because we'll know it by then and the latest football news, too. That never ends, does it? I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great Wolverine week. Until next week, take care. And as always, go blue.
Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!